0: You're listening to the life of Tri. It's Triathlon for your ears. We think he's back. I think he's here. I think he's in one piece. I think his voice is working. Uh, I know he's Kevin McKinnon. (laughs) How are you, buddy?
1: Oh yeah. I would put a sort of in front of the, uh, the voice. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. I just got, I managed to get through the award ceremony, um, on Sunday night, uh, after four days of a crap load of talking and, uh, yeah, the voice just disappeared. Um, you should have heard me. I do, uh, some music stuff with my, my daughter and, um, her partner have a, a music therapy company. And, it was hilarious listening to me try and sing on Tuesday night. but <laughs> uh, I feel, And then I had to announce last night at uh, the Provincial Aquafelon Championships, and I want to talk Aquafelon later. Oh. Uh, so, yes, it, it, just tons of talking.
0: Jesus, I don't even know what that is. I'm going to unpack that, but we're going to put a pause in that because we are going to talk about the Collins Cup. But before we get there, I'm going to kind of do a little segue because we know at the start of this, you know, it's kind of my thing. I like to, you know, find something I don't like, but what I don't like, and I think a lot of people were picking up on this and it does relate to the Collins cup. I hate manufactured rivalry. I can't stand it. I think it's completely, um, it's just wrong. It's completely, uh, inauthentic. Is that a word? Unauthentic? What are we doing here?
1: Uh, um, inauthentic I think is correct. Mm. Yes. Um,
0: and it's it's just, you know, it's not real. It doesn't sound good. It makes the athletes look silly. This whole – now, you're on the ground, so you'll be able to point me in the right direction. But, of course, we are talking about um, Sam, Long. Um, Sam Long. Sam
1: Long, Sam Laidlow, Lionel Sanders just sitting uh, sitting in watching the – you know, sort of watching the entertainment. Um, yeah. It, so, I'm not sure – I don't know that it's as manufactured. Yes. Like, so let me start that. I, I think the PTO certainly encourages that stuff like crazy. I don't know that they sort of scripted everything out, but they, you know, like, you know, Sam Laylaw, we would not be adverse to you, um, you know, sort of being you and and sort of being your brash, bold self and everything. Yeah. Um, and so um, so they're, they were quite, you know more than thrilled. So I don't know that they're necessarily um, manufacturing at the point of its scripting, but boy, they sure take it and run with it, man. Yeah, and that's
0: what so. I think, Kevin. I, I don't think this was scripted. I don't think it was made up, but um, like I don't think they said to them, hey, before you sit down, why don't we try this? That didn't happen, yep. but it's just – you're right. It's just that they pounce on it and they – oh, big rivalry. It's just, it's not the sport for that. Macca tried it, right? He's still trying it. It's not the sport for big, intense rivalries anymore. It's just not. I mean, there might be a bit of angst, but the modern day triathlete is so different to the era of the 80s when it was all red hot. And, you know, I'm not even going to bother talking about Mark Allen and stuff because we just know it's done to death. But there was a real angst in there. Macca and... um, Norman um, Stadler.
1: Norman Stadler, exactly. Big time Um yeah. yeah. And so um so and to me it backfired a little bit. Um, but they just the PTO just ran with it. Anyway, but to me, that press conference when you know Sam Long kind of says, I want to say something right now, like, you know, this 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 crap upset me, and he was he was really emotional. Like I was waiting for tears. Um, and, uh, you know, he was very emotional, uh, through that little, little speech. And, you know, I thought, I thought Sam Laidlow did as well as he could in terms of, in terms of the response. Um, but, um, yeah, like to me, I I would just be kind of going, Ooh, okay, let's back off on this. Uh, but the PTO did not like. Uh, I didn't see the see the coverage, but from what I understand, they, you know, sort of kept pushing that in the coverage and um, kept the uh, kept the uh, Instagram stuff going and everything. So, yeah, they're they're committed to full fledged uh, rivalries here.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Look, it just if you're on the outside looking in, maybe it's your thing and maybe you see it. I think. I just think, I mean, we know the sport, right? And it's the thought of two 60 kilo dudes. It's just funny to me. It's like when cyclists try and punch each other. It's hilarious. Um, you know, it doesn't work. Um, And it's one of those things where you, I guess you leave it, you take it if you don't know it and you're like, oh, well, you know, but nobody, I know I saw a news article, might have been the Telegraph in the UK Telegraph. And it was, you know, the man who wants to make, uh triathlon a uh, you know a household thing it's a dude it's just never gonna happen right it's not gonna happen so you carve out a niche where you think you can but the idea of this big mainstream title fighting and you know infighting and all that kind of stuff it's just it's fanciful to me kevin i don't know uh, i mean i know the dudes got a lot of money i get that but the, to think two things that the rivalry that you can just you know whip up and it works And the second thing to um, think that triathlon is going to land itself on the doorstep of every house in the, you know, in America or or anywhere like that is it's
1: fanciful. So yes, Phil, I, I couldn't agree more. I I feel that, um, you know, triathlon is going to be a niche sport at some levels. Yes. It would be awesome to get more people. And I think, I, the more I think through all of this, I think the Michael Moritz plan is um, that, uh, you know, using the outside influence um, that the vision is to attract more of the endurance audience. And I think there's a lot of that out there. So you've got cyclists, you've got swimmers, you've got runners, all who could be interested in triathlon. And so if you can package up some stuff, that makes it interesting i think that's great um but i yeah i i'm not sure so here's the, the you know the rivalry that i loved out of the whole thing the opening ceremonies and i thought they did it wonderfully mm-hmm. um like everyone on the planet knew that or sorry not everyone on the planet all the triathlon fans on the planet knew <laughs> that holly lawrence and ellie Salthouse were going to end up in a match against each other right like that whole you know, man or woman versus woman grudge match. You know, they went at each other all the way through the swim and all that stuff last year. Um, and you know, they both stood up on the stage and said, yeah, like once the gun goes off, we are fierce rivals, but the rest of the time we're really good friends, like just so everybody knows. Um, and, and I thought that's exactly the way this whole process needs to work. Um, and and it's not nearly as exciting and I didn't see tons of those kind of clips but that's the real world of triathlon in my yeah. mind like people are fiercely competitive when that gun goes off and everything but you know before they're training together afterwards they're training together you know that's the way it works
0: yeah exactly and you're obviously on the ground as we said um is it really, uh, what's it like there? So year two properly run, um, what did you make of it?
1: Um, bigger, so the, the, there, I couldn't believe how many people came up to me and just said, wow, this is bigger and better organized um, than last year. And it really is, um, it is an amazing experience. Like it, it is a really cool event for sure. Um, and, uh, like just personally for me, what was really nice was they brought in a whole crew, um, that, you know, we're just, our, our job was the show, um, the show on site. So like everything for the crowd and and doing all that kind of stuff. So it was really fun. Like we had our own little half hour show that we did completely separate from the broadcast where we we're doing interviews and all that stuff. So um, really neat that they incorporated that because um, so often with the, with the PTO stuff, um, everything, it's broadcast trumps everything and, and everything else gets lost. And um, so, so that was a, a really cool addition on that front. Um, so here's, here's the one take that I, I'm sort of coming away from that I would love your thoughts on. But so the PTO was started to help Ironman athletes, right? Like you know the the sprint folks, they have the World Triathlon stuff, and they have this ability to be funded by um, by their um, you know governing bodies and all this kind of stuff. And um, the you know it was the poor Iron quote unquote poor Ironman athletes. Like you could literally be a many time Ironman champion. You could come top ten in Kona and be losing money every year. Right. You know, so this was, you know, the PTO is coming in for that. I actually sat down and had, or like was part of a conversation with some of the captains who were kind of saying, yeah, I'm so glad that we didn't have four automatic selections who are all Ironman specialists. (laughs) Like I'm glad that we've got more of the short course folks here. Um, And, and I thought, Okay, uh, so the PTO is almost even realizing that everything needs to be shorter. Um, and where does that put the Ironman folks? Now, you know, you've got a bunch of athletes who are very good at both. Lucy Charles Barkley, Christian Blumenfeld, Gustav Eden. Um, but you know, this is sort of about as far down as Lionel Sanders can go, I think, yeah. um, to, be, to be competitive. Um, and you know, he certainly was and had a great race, but you kind of look at a lot of these, um, a lot of the athletes and, um, they're, they're trending more short course than they are long course. Um, and what does that do for the the PTO?
0: Well, I mean, it does, it does, does put them in a different realm, doesn't it? Um, they've got to, I think. They've got to just, well, they don't have to decide one way or the other because they're still getting good talent there. I mean, let's be honest the Collins Cup had a lot of good athletes there. I mean, it was stacked. Yes. Uh, it's, oh. it's it's weird though. The three on three, uh, I still, I look, I, I'm a huge fan of anything that gets the sport promoted. And while I see you a little bit cynical about it landing on the front doorstep of everybody, I'm not convinced that's going to happen. But I'm still, you know, the guy's still got a vision and he's still running it out and it's still good. The coverage, Kevin, you wouldn't have seen this because you were on the ground. The coverage had its moments where it was just really weird. There was no, uh, no graphics or anything on the um on the television was just watching as someone put it on social media, just watching someone run through a paddock in, in, in you know, <laughs> Slovakia, Slovakia, Slovenia, I was going to say, um, it's, it, that let itself down in times as well. Um, you and I will probably go into our graves still saying this sort of stuff that they need to get that worked out, but the talents there, the interest is there, you know, the, they are making inroads into it. Do they need Ironman athletes? Probably not. There's probably enough transitional athletes who can do both or who have just come out. So you look at some of the people who are winning the the matches though, Kevin, you know, and all of them at some point spent time in that world triathlon circuit. So, you know, why wouldn't you capitalize on, on people who've already have established themselves in the sport?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, and and that's exactly what is happening. I guess all I'm saying is um, the, for an organization that uh, was keyed on long distance athletes, and this is, you know, something Aaron Baker um, was sort of saying, I wonder if the PTO needs to look at its mandate Uh, because, you know, originally it was geared for the long distance Ironman athlete. And that is not nearly so much the case now. Um and uh yeah no I, I found I find the racing very exciting. Um and yeah it was it was nuts like and it is frightening how strong Europe is. Like Norman Statler, we all kind of sniggered um at the opening ceremony when he you know he was asked like why is the Collins Cup gonna gonna stay in europe and he he just kind of said are you kidding like we it'll stay in europe if we brought our b team here and um like we all kind of sniggered but then you have a look at it and you go yeah these guys won without jan fredeno without lucy charles with uh um uh, patrick Lange not you know sort of you still recovering from covid um yeah like these guys literally could bring a B team and it probably would win. Uh, Yeah, of course. They're
0: they're very, I mean, and this is no, I mean, they've always been strong. Europe has always been a real force in the sport of triathlon. It's not like it's been dominated by Americans forever. I mean, Hawaii kind of, but then around the world, you know, there it's always once that sort of, I guess the, the North American, um, once they crack the first one, then it's over, you know, and there was a lot more, um, people outside of the States winning or North America winning as well. Uh, and that's, you know, now obviously with that many races and Americans are just at this point in the longer stuff, they're not as good. They're still a super powerhouse in the uh in the world triathlon. But uh yeah, you look at the the wins that they had in Europe, I mean, A, they were pretty convincing, weren't they? I mean if you look at the I mean the first the first um match with Daniela Reef R- literally you know, running away with it seven minutes out on Flora Duffy. That's insane.
1: Yeah. So, um, so yeah, a few takeaways from there. Um, a motivated Daniela Reef is frightening. I just wrote this yesterday in my six takeaways from the Collins Cup. There it uh, is. But uh, the, the angry bird, um, I think. Uh, so, uh, just to, to, to loop back, like, I think um, Sam Laidlow learned the hard way that um you know calling Lionel Sanders and Sam long a couple of do athletes um you know like he literally said that at the opening ceremony yeah you know it's great to be paired with a couple of do athletes here um you know like and poking that bear only gets you in trouble in triathlon it, it may be in a, in a boxing match uh, we'll get your rivalries <laughs> or get your rival all hyped up and he'll do something stupid or whatever in triathlon, it just motivates the heck out of people. And then they take it to you. And uh, people learned that with uh, Daniela Reef as well, like that, you know, you wanna get her fired up, just sort of start questioning if she's still got it. Um, and oh my goodness, does she ever still have it? Like that was frightening. Um, and uh, now, you know, I think Florida has spent a little bit time of time on a, uh, on a TT bike, on a tri bike, but not nearly enough to be able to utilize her biking skills. I wonder if she actually might've been better doing the, um, uh, or one of my, uh, Taylor nib trick last year and riding on a road bike. And that, that might've actually helped her in, in the race.
0: So. Yeah. I mean, it can, I mean, it is a big it is a big shift. It really is. Um, and she was stepping up, but even having her on the start line, I mean, that's that's kind of the hype, isn't it? It's like getting, you know... Um,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: ...top-line player in, in any sport and just putting there. Reef, I look at with interest, you know. One minute she's not so hot, the next minute she is. One minute we're riding her off, the next minute we're not. I, you know, I'm not 100% sure what to expect when I see her race.
1: I think we're getting... I think we're getting back to the more of the consistent Daniela reef, um, based on what we've seen this summer. So as far as I can, I, I, you know, I practically paid no attention to the, um, Ironman Switzerland, which is, I can't remember it's renamed now, but, um, you know, I think she, she won that handily sort of got through it. Uh, she was frighteningly strong in St. George and scary strong at uh Collins cup. So, um, yeah, I, I think you'd be nuts to bet against her in Kona. Um, so, but you but, know, I will, yeah, she's, absolutely. Not, she's not winning it's Kona. Right. Yeah, she's yep. not winning Kona.
0: <laughs> There's no chance of winning Kona. It's not going to happen.
1: So the other person who I thought was, uh, like really nice sort of comeback performance, uh, Holly Lawrence, just really great to see her, uh, racing well now, you know, I, um, Uh, not Ashley gentle, uh, Ellie. uh, I'm not sure what all happened there, but she just wasn't in that, uh, from, from the swim. So, uh, made, made it a little easier for Holly Lawrence for sure. Um, and, um, the, uh, so just before I talk about the, uh, the Norwegians, um, I did want to say, you know, who really impressed me a ton, um, Mm. was, uh, I and I'm just sad to have to say this because our Canadian was only 19 seconds slower than her, but Ashley Gentle, like she's figuring this long distance stuff out.
0: No, no, uh, no, 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 Kevin, she's figured it out, mate.
1: Yeah, she's still got, she's still got a little bit of biking to go. So when you look at, at the times, she's still losing a chunk of time on the bike. And that's the difference between. Her um, competing with um, uh, a Daniela Reef um, and not, right? So that that's all I'm saying. Like I, you know, I feel like Ashley Gentle is capable of competing at that kind of like you know gunning after Lucy and and uh, Daniela for the world title. Um, but to do that, she's got to get a little stronger on the bike. So,
0: Look, and I'm not I'll- saying she's a world beater like that I'm talking about her, the fact that she's racing consistently now at a longer length. Um, She, I think, she's got that dialed in. I mean, she was again, you know, against more seasoned campaigners. She was, uh, she was great.
1: Absolutely. You know, just a super strong, great, great thing. Um, So now the, like, what more can we do to talk about, um, uh, Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden? Like, Holy crap! These guys are strong. Um, just, you know, rolled in. Christian um, all week long had you know just said, "Yeah, I did. we came off a block of altitude, uh, feeling really good. I'm feeling you know very, very well prepared." And then just went out and showed it. Um, they're doing uh, a sprint race this weekend in their hometown um, uh, in back in Norway. Uh then they'll gear up. I don't know if they'll go to Texas or not, um, but then they'll gear up for uh for Kona. And like it's gonna be really interesting to see. There were there were a few of the kind of Kona vets kicking around saying, Yeah, you no, know, these guys are super strong, and but Kona's a different beast. Um, but You know, they they were prepared. It didn't end up being super hot and humid in Tokyo, or I guess it was humid, but not as hot as it could be in Tokyo last year. But they were prepared for that. So they'll be prepared for hot and humid in Kona.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't care what's happening in Kona. They're going to win it. Um, Normally, I'd like to predict against them. They still might lose. (laughs) But only if something happens to them or they get a mechanical. Um, You know, maybe they're, do-it-yourself bike might fall apart but um the do-it-yourself bike seriously (laughs) he just makes me
1: he did not do it himself and it's a very interesting looking bike that's wild
0: um he's not losing um at all but the other one too to note and i know the times you know there's a bit of drift in the times there but aaron royal too he's another one who has hasn't figured it out all yet, but he's certainly, well, he's certainly on the um Ash Gentle sort of trajectory though, isn't he?
1: Absolutely. Um, Aaron Royal, uh, very, uh, see, I, I want to say a bit of a surprise, but it shouldn't be a bit of a surprise, right? Like, you know, the guy, um, the guy rolled in, but what I found just so interesting was, um, I'm pretty sure it was Aaron who, whose comment, um, was uh you know i had to beg to get into the canadian open um and uh and you know the rules gets i think he was third there and then uh you know just dials it dials in a fantastic performance um and in uh, slovakia so but is anyone
0: surprised though? like no one should be surprised at this and I'm saying that because with 280 and 18, that that's what we raced over, right?
1: 280 and 18,
0: yes. Yeah. So who's so, surprised by this? I mean, yeah, the bike I get, you know, a little bit, but the certainly the swim is not a big deal, and the run shouldn't be. I mean, these guys are hammering through ten, what's eight more? Um, no yeah. one should be surprised at this at all. I would have thought.
1: <laughs> well, eight more is a little bit when you're going hard. Um, but uh, now he was also helped by and uh, you know a definitely under under the weather Patrick Langa. Um, you know I, I saw his wife on race morning and you know I was actually saying to her I just you know, Patrick is in such a great headspace. Um, it is it's really um, exciting to 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 see and she said yeah you know I, I you know I know his head's in a good place but unfortunately the engine is hurting. Like he is still not over the COVID and, um, yeah. And and you could see that. Um, so, and then, you know, Jason West strong athlete and everything, but, you know, certainly not in the, in the category of, of some of the other, other folks in that field. So, um, so, um, you know, not to take away from Aaron's performance, he had a great day and everything, but you know, you put, you put Aaron up against, you know, had they put matched him against uh, Gustav Eden, you know, he would have probably been well back behind Gustav. Right. So. Uh, I mean, you
0: can say that too, but like, he's gone out and and done a job and, and that's, I guess that's the most important thing, right?
1: Absolutely. Don't, yeah. And, and I, I guess where I'm coming from is uh, what I, what I really like about what Aaron Royal has done was, you know, he, he put his hand up, you know, he said to the PTO guys, I can be good at this. Give me a chance. And they gave him a chance. And you know, you know, you know, how many times do you see that happen? And then the person ends up you know, 25th or whatever, they gave him a chance and he ended up on the podium and, and you know, kind of that, cause there's a lot of pressure when you're doing that, right? Like there's a lot of pressure when you say, let me into this thing. I can, yeah. I can perform. Yeah. And, um, and so that's what I found most impressive and he has not, and it wasn't just once that he's done this it's now twice in two um, pressure cooker situations. So, yeah, uh, couldn't agree more that this is a guy to keep an eye on uh, down the road, for sure. I'm,
0: I'm curious to know, though, with Patrick Langer, who so in the world at the moment, obviously Norwegians are going to destroy Kona, but is there anybody right now who you would think poses the closest threat?
1: Um, I think I think it comes down to exactly what you talked about. They're, the only threats are if, um, if something happens to them. <laughs> like, uh, so Lionel Sanders can win the race in Kona as long as uh, Christian and Gustav push too hard too early or do something silly or run into nutrition issues or have a mechanical or something like that. But if they have good days there's there's just no one who can touch them right now it is it's um yeah it's kind of scary um yeah patrick you know he's 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 done all the right things but just doesn't have the firepower um to to go with those guys when they when they get rolling so um yeah like everyone has to kind of hope that um It ends up being a monstrously windy day, um, and that it ends up being a super hot and humid day and where all of the Kona experience comes into play. But, um, yeah, Yeah. I, I, so before the 2012 Olympics, I used to, I I went around and I was asking all of the, um, the men's contenders, quote unquote contenders. Okay. How do you beat the Brownleys? And uh, they said, well, what do you mean? And I said, "They over the last two years, they've practiced every single tactic um, and they so that they're ready for anything you try and pull an Olympic at the Olympics. So go hard from the swim, they've won a race that way. Um, break away on the bike, they've won races that way. Wait until the last 100 meters and a kick uh, on the run, they've won races that way. Uh, go hard right from the start of the run, they've won races that way. And I feel like... Uh, Gustav and Christian are doing exactly the same thing. Like name the race, name the tactics. We got you covered. Um, do you reckon
0: yeah. though that, do you think that fucks the sport? Do you think we're like, you know, you've got that much dominance at the moment. We're in the grip of it, right? We're about to get back into the grip of the reef. Um, uh, <laughs> carry on as well. Insert. I thought, are, you, I thought in, you were going to <laughs> Insert eye roll emoji on that one. Um, we're about to get him back into that one. Is it, like, is it not good? I mean, everyone goes, oh, it's amazing which dominant athletes. Yeah. Is it though? Is it, do we want to see, like, are we just going to be showing up? Now, Kona has a way of throwing, you know, poo at you when you think you're going well, you know. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. And it there's, a reason, a way.
1: there's a reason that winners in Kona traditionally come from the podium the year before. Um, There's a reason that the only time that hasn't happened since 1996 is a former winner, right? So, um, you know, experience plays a huge thing in there. Um, So for me, I find it uh, personally really um, I love seeing those things because um, I just love watching the way great athletes handle the pressure of all that. Um, So, you know, Peter Reed, never defended his title in in Kona and he used to always say the hardest thing in the world is defending an Ironman world championship title uh just the pressure that you're dealing with um and I can't imagine what it's like to be uh, a Jan Frodeno like if Jan Frodeno doesn't win a race he's a loser Right. Like that's, you know, every, oh yeah. DeAndre Ferdinand lost this weekend. Right. I, I can't imagine what it's like to, to deal with that kind of stuff. So to me, it's really cool to see these kind of people. The other thing that's really cool is you see athletes rising up like crazy. So Lucy Charles Barkley, like how motivated is she every day? Uh, Because she really wants to beat Daniela reef at her best. She doesn't want to, like, one. she can't wait. Like, Daniela's still young enough. I think Daniela's 34. Um, so, you know, she's still got lots of years left. And I, I talked with Lucy about this. She can't exactly just wait for Daniela to retire, and then that'll be her time in Kona. She needs to beat Daniela. So it's really cool to see what it does to everybody else. Um, Lionel Sanders is racing so much better this year because he figured out, okay, I want to go. I'm going to go train like a Norwegian. Um, and uh, so things are rising up and and you're seeing, you know, you see, well, Ashley Gentle, Olympian, Olympian moving up, uh, um, Flora Duffy moving up, all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I think it's really exciting personally and, and it just forces everyone else to raise their level.
0: Yeah, it does, but it, it, it also creates a level of... Um... I guess it's just you know ho hum. And again, you want to see good people racing well. Um, I hope that we're not going to. I want to see someone take a stick to them and see what happens. You know, you know. I like someone to actually be aggressive, not be so controlled. You know, it'd be it would be a shame if those boys just rolled around. And you know, you remember the year they all attacked crowy Um yes. and got after him. You know, I like the idea of. Um, you know, athletes just throwing it. And when old mate, the Texan, was going to race and, you know, everyone was like, man, we're going to get him on the bike, we're going to jump him. You know, like that idea of taking someone on is really, um, it is really cool. And I think I would hope that, you know, felt and, um, you know, and Eden are not just going to, you know, stroll around. Not that you ever stroll around kind of for any stretch, but it would be nice to see what we can get in terms of a big race and, you know, maybe some, um, some guys taking a swing at the ax to see if they can fell the mighty Norwegian tree, Kevin.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that um, that is where I, I can sort of see where you're coming from, where people aren't willing to do that and are just willing to, um, sort of say, okay, I'm going to just race for my top five. I'm not going to go after the win and i think that's what people love about lionel sanders you know the guy leaves everything out on the course every time um and and so people people love that um you know i think cameron Werff uh is a is a great example of somebody who you know he he kind of gets out there and just he goes for it in 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 his own way um and uh so but i i get why it's hard right like To go to Kona is so expensive. You're investing a lot. Um, And so you want to come out of it with at least a top five. So taking the chance on the win and jeopardizing, you know, so you can go after the win and then end up, you know, getting thrown out the back and finishing 28th. Right. Um, Which is very easy to see happen. So um, here's one guy that I'll throw into this mix, though. Yep. Um, and, uh, uh, Alistair Brownlee qualified last weekend, uh, or qualified. Yeah, I guess last weekend in, uh, was it Copenhagen? Um, so that's why he couldn't be part of the Collins cup and, yeah. and made everyone aware of that. Like this was his last chance to qualify. Um, when the guy's on, he's frightening and, you know, there, Rio was pretty darn hot. And, uh, and he certainly dominated that day. Um, if he can, if he can get to Kona healthy and can somehow figure out how to deal with the heat, he is the, he's the, he's the person with the talent to, um, to, to go after those guys. Like in, 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 um, Edmonton, he, like he rode away. He took Sam Laidlaw with him. Um, but he rode away from Eden and Felt, right? Yeah, um, and you
0: want you want that to happen though. Like the last thing we need is is you know like a the Norwegian lap of um, lap yes. of honor.
1: Yep. And, and and you're right.
0: Kona can Kona can whack you in the, across the back of the head, you know, um, very quickly. The idea that you've got someone like Brownlee who's got a the pedigree um, and b the intent because he raced. Like that for his world triathlon career, it was pretty much this is my race, come and grab it, um, you know. And and yeah, Cam Wirth is you know insanely quick on the bike, and he's gonna he could put it down. But the Norwegians know they're outrunning him, right? They're not they're not gonna, you know, he's gonna be leading till he gets to Polani, and then just, they just they maybe they get him up the top there, you know, and then it's over. Um, yeah, it's well, like Starkwitz. But- Every time Starkwitz gets off the front you know any a grader sitting there is going well you know at some point he'll come back which you know one in five he doesn't but most of the time he does
1: yeah the difference being cam um you know i'm trying to i think his marathon pb now in an ironman or full distance race is down to like 248 uh which changes the dynamic right so Um, yeah, like originally when Cam came off and you knew he was going to run a three hour marathon, um, you know, these guys could give him 19 minutes off the bike.
0: Yeah. And I'm not diminishing Kevin. I'm not diminishing his ability to run. I I don't, I think what I do is all uh,
1: I'm I'm saying to Norwegians. Yes. But all all I'm saying is, um, now it's sort of that, uh, that, that gap you, you sort of care about. Um, a little bit more, like you know, there was a time when you could, as I said, nineteen minutes. Now they're like, oh shit, um, you know, Cam is six minutes up the road. That's getting to be a little scary. Um, so yeah, very different there. Um, I, w- I wanted to just say something more about yeah, Alistair Brownlee, He only knows one way to race, like off the off the like off the front, racing hard. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to. If uh, Ali can get into Kona healthy, he's the one person who um, I think can give those guys a run for their money. Yeah, sure. and
0: and I think too the Werfs of the world are uh, you know um, certainly going to they're just going they're going to tear shit up because they can and because they have to. Yeah. You, why wouldn't you play your strongest card? Now he's not as we said he's not Norwegian fast, but he's not also. No Shanta. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they get up to in Kona. Um,
1: and then, uh, and then, yeah, Lionel. Um, you know, really impressed with all that he has done this year. And I think he rolls into Kona. He's the he's the person. He's going to keep everyone honest there. So, um, like, you're you're not Christian and Gustav and Alistair and any of those people. You're not winning Kona without a pretty awesome performance and uh, and because Lionel's gonna force you to do that so you know in St George <clears throat> um, in St George uh, Lionel came off the bike with with Christian and then Christian just out, outran him by four minutes. Nothing he could do on that front but it forced Christian to get out there and run a 238 marathon, right? You know, that forced them to That's pretty quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, right? Like, so, you you, you, you know, we're probably being – I'm probably being a little bit um, light when I say you do a lap of cone. I get it. No one just does a lap of cone. We know that, right? Yeah. But um, certainly, you know, you want to see the rest of the pro field. And that's the thing. Like, you want – like, I don't want another reef victory. I mean, God. Like, (sighs) seen it, seen the movie, got the (laughs) T-shirt. You
1: know, let's – I want to see about – uh, just I, I want to come back to Reef in just one second, uh, but uh, one person that we haven't talked about at all, who I think is going to roll into Kona exceedingly motivated, and that's Braden Curry. Um, so I got the I got the impression that Braden came out of St. George, kind of going like, "What the heck? I, I'm you know I've won all these Ironmans. I." basically got out sprinted for second at the world championship. And like the people doing the coverage are still trying to figure out who the heck I am. Um Like, so I think he's, he's going to be very motivated to uh, to repeat that performance and move up at least one step on the podium, if not two. So someone to keep an eye on as well. Yeah. And moment.
0: look, we we're, we're a ways from it now. Okay. We are getting into, you know, um, we are sort of in the circling mode, but we are a ways from it yet. So it'll be interesting to see what build-up looks like and um, all that kind of thing. There's a lot to talk about going into Kona, and um, you know, no doubt, you and I will be uh, chatting quite regularly. Yeah. Awesome on this. On
1: yeah. So the, the the thing I wanted to say on the refront, so pleasant surprise of the weekend for sure was watching Lucy Charles Barkley dominate the. Uh, world Triathlon Long Distance Championships, Shamarin, um, and uh, you know, I, I just I just assumed that it would take her a little bit to come back on the run front um, from the uh, the hip injury, and she ran away from Emma Pallant. Um You know, like it wasn't losing time to a former duathlon world champion, a former uh, member of uh, of Great Britain's cross country running team. Um, like Emma Palland is the real deal on the run and Lucy Charles opened up time on her. So um, very awesome to see. So I just assumed we weren't going to see Lucy and Kona, uh, but now maybe we will. And uh, a very rested Lucy Charles Barkley compared to, you know, cause she loves to race and, and races up a storm at every single distance when she can, um, and uh, a very, 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 very motivated Lucy Charles Barkley. Um, so that could be your, you know, if she ends up in Kona, there's your person to uh, push Daniela.
0: Yeah, and I'm not um, I'm not surprised that she won. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't. Because I liken her, she's, in my book, she's the best women's professional triathlete. If I looked at a grading scale of talent of the socials, of how she presents and that kind of stuff, I would say she would be, in my book, the best in the world. Um, and she strikes me as Fredino-esque. So you know, whenever Jan Fredino showed up in his prime, obviously now with the injuries, et cetera, it's a bit different. But when he showed up in his prime, he was going to win. Same with crowey When crowy showed up in his prime, chances are he's going to win. You know, those guys were the pro's pro. She is the pro's pro as well because she's always – Racing Well, she's always in the hunt. She always turns up ready to perform. So when, you know, you hear that she's going to go and do that event, I personally wasn't surprised she got there.
1: No, I I expected that she would win. Um, I just didn't, I didn't expect to see her dominate the way she did in the swim and the bike and the run. Like, you know, I just, she's coming off this entry and it was pretty heavy duty. Um, this injury and she has bounced back um, and is running better than ever. So um, going to be very like going to be very interesting to see how she coordinates her next two years. She really wants to go to the Olympics as a triathlete. Um, and so <laughs> I don't know how on earth she's going to manage all of that and, uh, and, you know, do the long distance stuff. Um, maybe she's going to do like the Norwegians and, and, you know, finish out this season, um, on the long distance stuff and then focus on, uh, on the short course stuff for the next bit. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, who would know? And then it's, um, (laughs) just someone like her is good for the sport.
1: Absolutely. So.
0: Kevin, before we go, you got one more before we go.
1: Yeah, I absolutely. So, um, Phil, why doesn't anyone care about the Aquathlon World Championship? Ah, oh,
0: this is where we are. I've clean forgot. Thank you for reminding me. I didn't know what the fuck you're talking about. What are you saying? <laughs> Break it down for me, Kevin. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Cause I sure as shit don't.
1: Aquathlon, Aquathlon. Like it is a word. Spell world- the word you're trying to say, dude. I don't even know
0: what you're saying.
1: Aquathlon is, is it's running and swimming. And so. Oh, like the- an Aquathon? Aquathon maybe it's actually officially called the Aquathlon um and the first- <laughs> It's an aquathon dude. Oh, Aquathlon. You North Americans
0: are nutty with your your pronunciation. I'm
1: just I'm just hey I had to announce the name a million times at the, <laughs> at the World championship on behalf of World Triathlon so wow. Um, and so yeah maybe you guys call it aquathon uh, so it's uh you know they've they run it in two different formats. Um, either a 2.5 kilometer run, a one K swim and a 2.5 K run, or if the water's too cold, they do it as a one K swim and then a five K run, which is the way they ran it last Thursday a week ago today. Um, in, uh, in the Danube river, we sent off all of the athletes for their one K one K swim. And then they did a five K run. The event is awesome. Like, and as a race director, how easy, you know, okay. Yes. You're still putting people in the water, but you don't have to worry about a bike course at all. Um, all you're worrying about is a, you know, relatively short swim, 1k of swimming, and then 5k run. Like they were able to run this on the pretty much on the grounds of the X bionic sphere. So, you know, really easy event to put on. And why don't we have more of them? And why don't people care? Because it's goofy, like duathlon. Well, I don't understand why people don't care about duathlon either. But um, yeah, like it just these are great events. The athletes who do this. So here's a question for you: um, Who who took third in the inaugural? World Aquathlon Championship in 1998. You've mentioned his name a bunch of times today.
0: In 1998? That would have been... Was he an Aussie?
1: An Aussie, yeah. Okay, well... Three-time Ironman World Champion, two-time 70.3 World Champion. Ah, oh, easy. That's me. <laughs> Your buddy Craig Crowy Alexander took the bronze medal the first year.
0: Yeah, but he's the pro's pro. When he shows up, he wins, right? Or he goes very well.
1: (laughs) And that same year in 1998, the three podium finishers in the women's race Rena Hill, Nicole Hackett, and Melanie Mitchell, all from Australia, man. There you go. Hey. Because it's big.
0: Like I remember, like I can remember this, right? As a kid, when I used to race back in freaking, you know, we used to, on Wednesday nights, they used to have them and you could go and race an aquathon or whatever you want to call it. And you'd go and swim and then run. And they were just, it was hell. It's like writing a criterium. It's just hell. And it's really hard and really fast. And, um,
1: yeah, very, very cool. Anyway, I just, um, so yesterday I got to announce that our provincial championships, which was a qualifier for next year's World Aquathlon Championship. And um, yeah, I just, I want people to get excited about this event. Uh, We'll talk about Duathlon some other time uh, because I want people to get excited about that. Like it is, it's pretty cool. Really good athletes doing this and um, we need more of them and we need more hype around it.
0: Yeah, sometimes the quirky events are okay, aren't they? Like they're just good to, uh, you know, just to watch. And it's, again, it's something different. I guess it has a little bit of super league about it.
1: Yeah. And So now here's the funniest thing. So Richard Varga is from Slovakia. He's <laughs> like a hero there. Um, and um, so he's won the World Aquathlon title four times. So it finally comes to his own country and he tears his Achilles two weeks earlier in Poland Oh, no. oh no. At, at 70.3 Gdansk and can't do the race. Like, how much of a tragedy is that? The race organizer from Slovakia, she was so funny. He's like, she's like, what was he thinking? Oh, no. He's thinking a paycheck because there's a heck of a lot more money probably in Gdansk than there is in the world title for doing a graph So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so that was very sad. I was sad for um, for uh, uh, our good buddy, Richard Varga, that he was not able to participate in the event because, um, yeah, it would have been uh, fun to see him going after that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, 50 minutes on the knocker, mate. We are out of here. Thank you for your work, of course. Um, you can be found at Triathlon Magazine Canada, the best and most beautiful of all the triathlon magazines with Kevin steering that ship. Uh, we'll be back in a week's time to have a chat about things triathlon getting close to our 50th episode that'll be a joy and kevin thank you for your work today
1: hey thanks so much phil as always great chatting with you
0: this has been the life of try hope you've enjoyed it whatever you've been up to thanks for giving us a listen if you liked it tell your mates and uh we'll see you in a week's time thanks for listening to the life of try if you like us tell your mates and follow us on instagram at the life of try